Hello and welcome to the Sons of Gideon podcast. We are a podcast committed to tearing down the idols of our day and age, the idols of our culture. Mm. We're also committed to being biblically faithful and God honoring. These cultural waves aren't gonna bother them. They'll respond to them as they need to, but they have a mission. They're like a heat-seeking missile that is set on the target and we will accomplish. You have the Holy Spirit. You're men, ain't you? We want to fight the good fight, Paul said. Wage the good warfare. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, Everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just content for a story. It is embedded with divine power to literally change lives and bring the new birth to the glory of God. Christianity is a world-conquering religion. This week, we are out on Chris Sturton's front oh. deck. This is, this is Chris Sturton, <laughs> Seth Tamahana, hey. I'm Ruben. How are you guys going this week? No Good better. Mm. <laughs> cold. It's, it's cold freezing. Morning, yeah. It's a cold, cold Saturday morning. All right, so this week... The topic is the prosperity gospel. How good. We're talking about the prosperity gospel. <laughs> yeah. So, first off, what, what is the prosperity gospel? Yeah. More or less, it's just the gospel that, uh, in all honesty, wants to attain just material wealth, material promises. They yep. feel like the gospel is, God wants me to have my best life now. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. That's like it in short. Yeah, more, it's, yeah, they're replacing the, the, the reason for Jesus' atoning work instead of to uh, provide salvation and to set apart and elect people. Jesus didn't die for God's glory. Jesus died to make you happy, healthy, mm. whether this is wealth, whether this is physical health, um, or just general happiness. Yeah. This is what yeah. Jesus died for. Um, and this is... And there's, as we've talked about, there's kind of levels to it, or there's yeah. extremities to it. Yeah, I think it appears in a lot of different forms. Yeah. So you get some guys uh, who will be really like extreme prosperity gospel. Yeah. So they'll say like, um, God never ever wants you to suffer. God, it's always God's will to heal your body every yeah. time. And if, if you're not healed, then it's just because you don't have enough faith. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe there's some demon stopping you from being healed, but God wants to heal you. God, God wants you to live your best life now. Mm. That's mm. kind of um, at the heart of the prosperity gospel. Uh, and it kind of flips over as well into like uh, a very, uh, almost like, you know, name it and claim it, I want to manifest this mm. or like, yeah. there's lots of lies in which, uh, obviously it falls on responsibility of the pastor who is conforming to this prosperity gospel that the congregation that, conforms to this obviously they're not reading their bibles yeah mm. and so they're just relying on what their past is telling them and at the end of the day the only one really getting rich from this is oh is the pastor like yeah 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 so you mentioned the the name it and claim it doctrine hey yeah, yeah. so the the name it and claim it doctrine that's essentially like it's the belief <clears throat> that like uh the idea of if you're sick or if you if you desire something, if you want something in life, you can declare it, you can yeah. speak it. So you can say something like, in Jesus' name, I declare that I am healed. Yeah. And even if you look at your body and you go, actually, I'm sick right now, you'll still declare, I am healed. And the, 
the, the idea is it, the or the belief is is that if you declare that if you speak it if you really believe it then it will it will yeah. actually happen which is actually more it's more pagan ideology like it's come from paganism yeah like that whole manifesting yeah. idea of spirituality it's not from the bible yeah and this is when you get issues of just shoving you know like a pagan worldview into the bible and trying to like you know, say it's it's Jesus' words, or say this is what Christianity is, but it's really not at yeah. all. Yeah, this is a big issue. Yeah. But we're talking um, yesterday, so I think one one important thing to maybe bring up was there's different because there's different levels of it. You can still be a Christian and believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that He yeah. died to atone for them, and you can still go to heaven. It doesn't mean just because people believe this. Um, than not Christians anymore. But what would be some, what would be like a natural implication of the prosperity gospel, do you reckon? Like, what's what's the biggest, biggest issue? I think, well, the biggest issue is that for a lot of people, it's replaced the gospel. Yeah. So that rather than believing that Jesus died on a cross to save us from our sins mm. so that we can receive the free gift of eternal life and become born again yeah. and and have our hearts changed and transformed by the Holy Spirit, Rather than that gospel, people, the gospel becomes, oh, God wants to bless me. Mm. God wants me to live a good life. God wants me to, to be wealthy. God wants me to be healthy in my body. God mm. doesn't want me to ever suffer. Yeah. Suffering can't possibly good, be good for you, right? Yeah. So that's, the problem is, is that it's replaced the gospel. So people don't come to church because of the glorious good deed that Jesus died on a cross and that he rose from the dead and that he's ascended in heaven. Amen. Yeah. And people come to church because they, or they become Christians because they want to be blessed. They want to live their best life. Yeah. You know, and that's just, it's just unbiblical and wrong. Uh, so that's the, that's the, like, the natural implications of, like, where it eventually will lead. I think one thing, a big problem with it, it just destroys the doctrine of suffering. Yeah. If we want to talk about that a bit, and maybe Seth, like, what they might view suffering as compared, then we can talk about biblically. uh, It does more harm than good, this whole belief of, oh, God wants my best life now. Yeah. Oh, God doesn't want me to ever suffer. He wants me to, you know, gain, gain, gain. Because ultimately, seasons will come where you will suffer. And then that causes them to have, um, to not trust God, to not have, this actually will lead people more away from the faith. Mm. Than, than to a stronger, deeper intimacy with God because this false teaching that has arisen when they when they come to seasons of hardship they'll just be like oh because I'm going through this God mustn't exist mm. uh, or it even causes uh, a mindset of oh you know a God and Satan kind of arm yep. wrestle where oh mm. Satan's winning this one oh God's winning this time yep. it's really like ultimately it is unbiblical which we will bring up some scriptures as well to yeah. talk about the suffering side of things. Yeah, I think I actually used to, like many years ago, I used to be a full uh, full penty, full penty hey. And uh, I used to follow like, uh, <laughs> there's this guy, Todd White. Hey. He's like, uh, yeah, don't listen to Mate. him. He's, he's, uh, he's a false teacher. But I used to listen to him back in the day before I, before I had discernment. Um, and like he would, he would talk a lot about like, uh, God always wants to heal you. Yeah. Yeah. And essentially, if you if you pray for healing or you pray mm. for someone else to be healed and they're not healed, mm. it's because you didn't have enough faith. Yeah, it's a lack, yeah. Or like, um, but and for me, like 
there was actually the one thing that changed that made me realize this was an unbiblical doctrine um, was probably actually um, in First Corinthians eleven. Mm. So, wait, I'll pull out that Bible verse now. Yeah, in First First Corinthians eleven, uh, verse twenty-eight. Uh, this was the verse that changed my mind about mm. the prosperity gospel. So it says, um, it's talking to the Corinthian, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about the Lord's Supper. So he says, Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are mm. disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Yeah. So here, the Corinthian church, they're abusing the Lord's Supper. So essentially, when they go to take communion, there's some people getting drunk on the wine. Yes. Some people are taking the communion. Some people aren't taking communion. Yeah. And they're, they're not administrating it properly. Which still happens now. Yeah. A lot of churches. But essentially, it says in this text, it says, that is why many of you are weak and ill. Mm. And then he goes down in verse 32, he says, we are disciplined by the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So what is happening here, because they're abusing the Lord's Supper, because these unbelievers are in such uh, a terrible sin, God gives them sickness. And, so, and some of them, um, and they've, they've become sick. So this Bible verse, it explicitly says that God inflicted, that he gave the Corinthians sickness as a discipline. Mm, mm. So if God's giving people sickness, then it's not always his will to heal them. Yeah. Essentially. I think... Um... Yeah, if we, if we want to... I think one clear scripture that people and a lot of these charismatic people kind of get a bit confused on what's God's will. They're kind of making up different things. And we look in the scriptures and we see, okay, where's God's revealed will? Where does God actually promise something? And this is, this is the problem. Like God's never promised us health, wealth, a great life here on earth. In fact, to me, like, Scriptures like First Peter four nineteen, and it says, "Therefore, let those who suffer, according to God's will, entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good." Mm-hmm. This is one example. Of, there's plenty of <clears throat> points in Scripture where it couldn't be more clear. Mm-hmm. It is literally stating, "According to God's will, Christians will suffer." This is, yeah, yeah. Which scripture was that? First uh, Peter four nineteen. Yeah. This is like. It couldn't get more clear as far as wanting to know what God's revealed will is. Yeah. What he's actually promised us. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Sethi? Yeah. It's, I get, um, because with this whole prosperity gospel, we don't want to like say as well, it's God's, you know, because we've ultimately been given something far greater than mm. any material wealth that we could yeah, have. Yeah, that's right. Which is, you know, not only the promised Holy Spirit, which will sanctify us, but that we have an inheritance that's imperishable, that moth or rust cannot destroy. Yep. Yeah. And it's waiting Amen. for us in heaven. That you look at Paul's life when he when he calls Paul's life, for example, was a primary example of a life of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. He he was beaten, stoned, in prison, and yet he says, I'm not too sure whether the scriptures where he says this light momentary affliction. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's in uh Second Corinthians, Corinthians four. four. Yeah. Oh yeah. good. We can actually but read that. You would but. think, you know, if these prosperity gospel guys are saying, well, it's your faith that heals you, just faithless. You think the man that was called the super apostle 
would have enough faith to get out of these like hardships. Yeah. You'd really think out of all the believers that have ever existed, yeah. the man that wrote most of the New Testament would have enough faith to do yeah. that. Surely Paul yeah. would be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he literally boasts in his suffering, as we're going to read now. Yeah, in 2 Corinthians uh, 4.16, Paul says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our yeah. inner self is being renewed day by day. Yeah. day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory Amen. beyond all comparison, Amen. as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, like, that can be a thing that happens when people get sick, right? You get, a, you get something, some sort of sickness or some sort of affliction in life that you realise, oh, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, I know people who have, like, you know diseases and problems with their bodies and that it's going to be like that for the rest of their life and it can be very easy to lose heart yeah especially when you go to church every week if you go to a pentecostal church and they're saying every week god wants to heal you yeah like let's declare healing right now let's mm. all pray like you're going to be healed in jesus name and you go to church week after week after week and they're saying the same thing god wants to heal you and then you look at your body and it's been years and you're not healed. Yeah. And you can begin to lose heart. Does God just not love me? That's yeah. the destruction of it. That's what kind of destruction this prosperity gospel can cause. Because mm. people, um, people can fall away from the faith because of this. Yeah. Because they're not healed. But Paul says, "Don't lose heart." And he says, he "says our outer self is wasting away." Yeah. So that's just the natural reality of life. As you age in life, as you get older. You're gonna have problems with your body. You're, things are gonna go wrong. Yep. Some people are gonna have it worse than others, but your body's gonna waste away. That's the reality. But Paul says that that's the light momentary affliction. Mm, yeah. It's is, preparing it's us preparing for us. an internal yeah. way. So I think, like, to put it simply, suffering biblically for the Christian is making us more like Christ. That yeah. is that is God's means of sanctifying us and preparing us for the glory that will happen. The yeah. spiritual blessings that are in Christ when we pass away from this earth. Yeah. And that, that is the true promises of, of the Bible. That is what God has promised. Um, mm. Earthly, earthly uh, health and wealth, not so much. Not so much. Mm. What are we looking at, Sethi? Said, uh off what you were just talking about, it's in Acts when uh, they get pretty much beaten up and then they, they actually say they, they... They went out rejoicing. Rejoicing because yeah. they get to share. For they were counted worthy of yeah. suffering for uh, the name. Like you can see the mindset first of all in the early church of how they thought of suffering. And yeah. Not only that, but how they thought of their lives in general. And then it's really sad because you can see you can see their passion and, and, and desire for Christ and mm. to be more and more like him. And like, ultimately that's what we should be living lives to reflect that. But yeah. um, it, it's, it's sad to see how it's gone such a different direction with the prosperity gospel of just material gain, health and wealth, yeah. like give yeah. and get. And even look at, looking at, you know, we're talking about um, people from history in the Bible. These were real people, but even, uh, outside of the Bible, the great missionaries that have sent, created these great revivals uh, around history. Yeah. You just read accounts of like David Reynard and these type of people that were just in misery. 
Yeah. Like, they're going to these places that, like, they're just getting chased and, like, every day is just hell. Like, it mm-hmm. really, like, is not great. It's not a, it's not a, um, like, we can easily, like, read our Bible now and even just the Bible being produced in the English, like, the Reformation itself. Yeah. There were burnings, there were, like, it was not a nice time. And these people st- stood firm um, and suffered for the faith and counted yeah. it all joy. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's a question then. If, if you do get sick, right, or you, you suffer in some way, um, what is that sickness? Like, is, it, is God giving you the sickness? Is, mm. is it a demon? Is it, is it a Satan? Or is it, is it just because we live in a fallen world? Like, mm. wh- why do we get sick? Or wh- why is there suffering? I'd, I'd definitely say part of it is definitely the fact we live in a fallen world. Yeah. One day we will be, um, or have resurrected bodies, new heaven, new earth, and suffering will not be a thing. Yeah. Their, um, this is a result of the fall. Um, but then the second part of that is God is sovereign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously we don't want to go into primary and secondary causes and all that, but Long story short, God is sovereign over everything. Yeah. He may use, and this is what we learn in Romans yeah. eight twenty eight. God works all things for good. So he may use yeah. something, uh, part of our sinful world and sinful uh, like nature, like sickness. He may use that to, he does use that to sanctify us. Um, yeah. So, yeah, God is sovereign. God's in control of that. Don't yeah. think just because you're suffering, God's taking his hands off the wheel. Nah, yeah. that's completely yeah, that's right. planned before the foundations of the world yeah. for you to you know, experience yeah. that. And that, that's the hope that we do have. Mm. Like Paul says, everything will work out for your good. Yeah. Yeah. It might not feel like that right now. Like you might be going through the toughest situation in your life or you might be experiencing really difficult sufferings or difficult hardships. But the Bible's clear, if, if you are a Christian, everything will work out for your good yeah and one day you'll you'll get to heaven and you'll look back on your life on earth and you'll go wow all the sufferings all the difficulties i went through they don't even compare to the to the weight of the glories in heaven like it's just it'll look like a blimp it will look like nothing yeah uh, compared to the glory of heaven Hmm. it's probably important to note now when we're when we're talking about these things and this is all assuming this is all for the christian so for the Christian, suffering's a, a good thing. It's a glorious thing. Yeah. It's making us more yeah. like Christ. We want to make a distinction that suffering for the Christian and the non-Christian are two very different things. Mm. For the Christian, like we said, it's a glorious thing. We rejoice in it. We can say, we can count it all joy. Um, you know, it's just preparing us for the eternal glory that awaits us. For the non-Christian, this is a temporary this is just a taste and a drop of the the judgment and the wrath that you'll experience in the eternity of hell. Yeah. This is just God's wrath still abides. Yeah, yeah. God's wrath mm. is real. God's God's angry at sinners. God hates yeah. sin. And this is just a, it's like a it's it's a small taster. It's a trailer of what you're going to experience for mm. the rest of your life. So, what what do we uh, think about that, boys? How should how should the the non Christian think about suffering typically well the non-christian should become a christian yeah uh, and then rejoice in their sufferings yeah (laughs) Yeah. so this is probably like a good uh do you guys 
have anything else you wanted to talk about the Christian suffering? Yeah, so... Or we'll just go on the non-Christian suffering. Well, I think for non-Christians, they tend to just avoid suffering. Yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. the story of their life. Yeah. Like, that's all they do. Like, they're just trying to... Any kind of suffering. Like, if they don't have to get up so early for work, they're like, yeah, that's all yep. in, you know. Yeah. Or like, doing everything in your life to achieve maximum... To fulfill your desires. To, mm. to be as as quote-unquote happy as you possibly can. Yeah. But the only way you can truly have contentment and satisfaction in this life is if you become a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So, here's a question, okay, for the group. Is it is it wrong for a Christian to be rich or wealthy? Like, mm. if you meet a Christian and they're like, and they say to you, yeah, I want to become wealthy. I want to earn a lot of money. Yeah. And I want to do it for God's glory. Is that wrong? Is it wrong mm. to have that? Should we just be like... Uh, poor people we just get by in life you know <laughs> god wants me to pilgrims. suffer anyway yeah we're just we're just pilgrims. more like there's, christ though. there's no place to lay my head you know i'm i'm just a poor humble christian you know how holy are thou yeah is, is it wrong to be rich no not necessarily i don't think it's wrong to be, to be rich especially as a christian but i think to to it comes down to like what is lord over your life if, if you're literally waking up each day for the main and sole purpose of i want to attain wealth I want to just get as rich as I possibly can. Then there's probably some some soul searching to do there of mm. like, you know, who is really Lord over your life. Mm. But, you know, there's also times where it's like you're, you're dedicated to the mission. Um, God has blessed you with, you know, the skills and abilities that you have. Mm. And opportunities do arise where you can make a comfortable amount. Um, yeah, ultimately, your heart and mindset should be for the mission. That, yeah, that's right. Any wealth or material gain that you do get, if your heart is already set that, you know, earth is not my home, um, you know, and you want to, you're dedicated to building, you know, the church and God's mission, um, and God has blessed you with the income to do so. Mm. I don't think there's a mm. real issue or problem with that. But yeah. Yeah. it comes down to, like, there is a warning there, because you can go to First Timothy 6, yep. 6. Yeah. Like, there is a warning over riches, where it's like, yeah, I have that Bible verse here, actually. Yeah, it says, 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of yeah. evils. Mm. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bible says, if you love money, you are, it's like piercing yourself with pangs. Yeah. It's going to cause you to wander away from the faith. Mm. And then, But here's the thing, though. It's not, it's not wrong to, ha to be rich or to have money. Because yeah. if we go... Just a little bit further on in 1 Timothy, if you go 1 Timothy uh, 6, 17, mm. Paul says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor yeah. to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, yeah, yeah. who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Yeah. So Paul says, Paul acknowledges, as for the people who are rich in the church, because there are going to be some people in the Christian church who are rich, who have yeah. a lot of wealth. And Paul doesn't say to them, if you're rich, you need to give away all your money, become poor. Like, that's that's unholy. That's wrong to be rich. Paul doesn't mm. say that. He says, if you're rich, set, don't set your hope on the uncertainty of your riches, but on God. Mm. And then he says, God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So if you're yeah. rich, God has provided you with those riches so to blessing. be enjoyed. Yeah. And then God also provides you with those riches to bless others. Mm. Um, but the important thing... The key, the key thing about this is we shouldn't love money. Yeah. We shouldn't, we shouldn't idolize money. Yeah. We use our money and our resources that God has given us to enjoy. We use our money and our resources as a tool for yep. God's kingdom. Like money is so useful. Like if you want to send out missionaries or you want to 
do things for God's kingdom, like if you have a lot of money, like that's super helpful. Like that's it's necessary. That's necessary. It needs it. The church yeah. needs it. The church I mean, needs money. Definitely. We're not we're not ever told not to chase, not to yeah. If if we're in that that position, we're never told you shouldn't pursue a lot of money. It is a good thing for a man and a family and a church to have money. This is yeah. how the kingdom grows. Yeah. It doesn't grow by just sitting around and spiritually being hobos. Yeah. It actually Spiritual grows hobos. by by work. Yeah. Um, you look at <laughs> you, you look at the uh, you know major major characters in the Old Testament: Moses, Solomon. Like yeah. mate, they were they were not like yeah, out yeah. here being all like they weren't poor. Yeah, they had big arms. <laughs> Some of the richest it. men in history. Yeah, yeah. they were. Um, or like David and Solomon. Like yeah, they were blessed by, and that was a blessing from God. Yeah, God gave them riches and wealth, and that was that was God's glory. That was, um, but yeah, the important thing is we just don't idolize it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm. So I think um, just as we like finish up. Let's say you're a non-Christian right now and you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I'm going through, I think all of us here can say as non-Christians that we all suffered a little bit yeah. or a lot. Mm. I know like personally, that's something that really, uh, part of my testimony is, is my, my suffering and my injuries. And I was initially quite angry at God if there was a God about this and, yeah. um, if he was in control, why why do this to me? But if you're yeah. a non-Christian, what's the best way? What's the best thing you can now do to think about suffering and to actually rejoice in it and maybe have some some gladness? I think especially with um, un-Christians, there can be a sense of entitlement where it's like, oh, I don't deserve this, mm. especially when going through suffering. Yeah, I think uh, what, what what they need to understand is that. Um, you know, they inherently, when they say that, I don't deserve this, they're basing it off some kind of moral compass that they have. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm not that bad. Or I live an all right life. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess our plea or our cry is that um, instead of comparing themselves to others, like mm. they'll probably say, oh, I'm not that bad because look at someone like Ted Bundy. Yeah. He was bad. Uh, instead of building your moral compass of comparison with others I think uh, the word is clear it's like actually compare it to God yep. compare it to the standard of good mm. and see where you stand and, yep. yeah and that's see, right look at the Ten Commandments look at the law in which God has written on everyone's hearts mm. and if you would really earnestly like ask them just like we all have we've all uh, we've all lied before we've all cheated we've all yep. stolen in some measure and mm. just that even Matthew, uh, Jesus in Matthew 5 if you look at a woman with lustful intent, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Yeah. Boom, you're guilty of now the law. And in God's eyes, if you've broken his law, who is the standard of good? And because he is infinitely good, he needs also to be infinitely just. Yeah. And he does have a... So when you're going through suffering and when you're going through trials, understand that in this process that that is... There is a grace being extended that you're actually not getting what you deserve. Yeah. That the, God's grace worse. in his hand over you even though you yeah. could be going through the roughest thing, understand that hell and an eternity in hell where God is pouring out his wrath, um, the suffering you're going through pales in comparison to it. That, that was actually God's mercy and grace, even in that. So I think our plea would be to, instead of comparing themselves to others, compare yourselves to God, see where you stand. Yep. And then ultimately, like once you see and acknowledge your sin before an all-holy, all-perfect God, there is such gracious good news in which we're talking about here. Mm. 
which did you want to? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, glory you, be to God. Uh, you, you need to acknowledge your sinfulness mm. to begin yep. with. Acknowledge that you're not worthy. There's nothing mm. you can do to actually uh, attain eternal inheritance um, and heaven and rejoice in your suffering. And you need to trust in the work of Jesus Christ, the God man, truly God, truly man, yeah. who came, uh, lived a perfect life, suffered. Is actually, as Christians, we look to him as our example of suffering, yeah. the suffering servant, Isaiah 53, um, lived a perfect life, was totally obedient to God's laws, um, even obedient even unto death, and he died um, for your sins if you, to, if you believe in him, and he was resurrected after the third day and now rules and reigns in heaven. Yeah. Uh, if you simply believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins yeah. and the atoning work is done, there's nothing you can work for, there's nothing you can do, just trust in Jesus Christ by faith and faith alone. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is how you, you, uh, the, this, your, your heart is changed and you can actually understand the, the idea and the, the reason behind suffering. Yeah. You can rejoice in it. Amen. And not be depressed and being brought down. So, yeah. yeah, I think our biggest yeah. plea out of everything is trust in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's right. He bullied yeah. Amen. The most. But, yeah. yeah, he suffered yeah. the most out of everyone. God's infinite wrath poured onto Jesus mm. Christ bodily yeah. for our sins. For the, undeserving. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, that's us for this week. So, oh, wait, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. This is very important, yeah. guys. Listen like, up. What we're saying as well, it isn't some kind of suggestion. We're not saying, you know, uh, if you've heard these things and you've understood uh, what we've spoken about, which is that Christ died for your sins. He yep. bore the wrath that you rightfully deserved. And you've heard, you've heard these things. Um, this isn't some kind of suggestion. We're not mm. asking you to, you know, give Jesus a chance. Give Jesus a trial yep. and then your, your mm. sufferings will change and turn around. Uh, the gospel call is a command to repent and to believe. Repent yep. of your sins and which you have committed against a holy, perfect God. Believe yeah. on Jesus Christ who bore the wrath you deserved. And then the promises that are there are immeasurable. That you will gain an inheritance that is imperishable. Yes, you will still go through sufferings, mm. but you can go through them gladly knowing that you'll be more and more conformed into the image of Christ who yep. is our Savior and who mm. is our Lord and King. Yeah. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Yeah, well, with that, that's, yeah. a, that's a wrap. That's us. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, thank Sons you. Thank you for listening. Spiritual hobos. <laughs> Quickly, uh, don't be spiritual hobos. Yeah, don't, yeah. And don't listen to Kenneth Copeland, Joel Osteen, yeah, or Todd White. No. T.D. Jakes, <laughs> Joyce Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> These are all false teachers. Do yeah. not listen to them. Uh, listen hopefully, to uh, Tom Ford. No, listen to Tom Ford. He's good. Yeah, listen yeah, to yeah, Tom yeah. Ford. Listen to Tom Actually, let's make it homebound. Let's leave some Australian <laughs> Warren McKenzie as well. Listen to him. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully Craig we've Island. given you guys yeah, uh, Island, some, some food for thought. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. See Jokes. you next time. God bless.